0: Hey, that's pretty good. Another win in the the chest, in the docket, in the something. The Raptors have it, no matter where they're holding it. 12 and 13, perhaps the 500 record and above soon come. Matchup with Boston tomorrow. Thankfully, this game wasn't a super hard, gritty game, so... They seem to be in a good spot headed into a back to back, as good a spot as you can be when the other team isn't also on a back to back. So things, especially tomorrow, we'll see, but things appear to be trending in the correct direction. The Raptors, man, in this one, lifted immensely by Fred, Pascal, and Lowry, Powell. Boucher was immense off the bench. It was it was a very, very good. Performance and the team defense on Bradley Beal in particular, I thought was awesome. There were some letdowns a little bit when it came to Russell Westbrook in this one, but if Russell Westbrook is going to hoist from downtown, you kind of let him do that. If a run ensues, a run ensues, and that did happen. But as he is wont to do, as much as he shot his team near the Raptors, getting it to within five, I believe, he also helped shoot them out of the game and then his terrible transition D, just put them in a hole. And, you know, Russ is a super fun player. He deserves a lot of love. It's just, you know, his decision making leaves a lot of people wanting. And I assume most of those people live in or around Maryland, somewhere near Washington, DC, right? So yeah, the Raptors, a lot of fun, individual performances in this one. A lot of cohesion defensively, especially when it came to Bradley Beal, and a very comfortable 137 to 115 win against these Wizards. This is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I am Miro host, Samson Folk, and let's dive into it. So from the jump, the Raptors were very sharp offensively, whether it was Norman Powell attacking off the weak side or in transition, or Pascal operating as a primary initiator or in transition they were both scoring early and often. Kyle Lowry carried through the third quarter. Fred, as he is wont to do, brought a lot throughout the whole game, not in scoring, but in ball handling, creation, especially to three-point shooters. And the the end of the first quarter as well, Fred, I thought was just awesome as far as getting downhill, either creating a basket for a teammate or getting into the middle of the floor hitting a little pop shot, whether it be from the deep mid-range or he made one from like eight feet and just squared up because the Wizards' defense didn't react at all. And then that Rico Hines pull-up three that he has in his bag where he's roughly, what, six feet off the line and he's worked on his range so he can pull up from there. He, He was in his bag a little bit and the Raptors, they jumped out to a big lead, a lead they hung on to for the most part in the second and third quarters and built upon in the fourth. Defensively, the Raptors very obviously keyed in on Bradley Beal. Fred was his primary to start, although Brad did see Siakam, Bembry, Fred, Lowry. He saw a bunch of different matchups in this game, Stand for a couple possessions. So it's it's tough to get a read on who had him. It it was just a multitude of guys in the Raptors defense, obviously playing very, very (laughs) help-oriented style. And that was good because Beal, you turn him into a playmaker and the Wizards, yes, they have Davis Bertans, but they also have Russell Westbrook and Alex Len and Denny Avdiha and those guys and Rui Hachimura, who was good off the start of the game. He was getting to the front of the rim off of that weak side penetration a little bit and pushing when he couldn't transition. But the Raptors, for the most part, it seemed like their defensive scheme worked against these Wizards because they just didn't want Beal to shake loose a bunch. And they thought, you know, it would be better if Russell Westbrook was the primary initiator. And they'd be very comfortable getting into those two-man games with Westbrook and Len or Westbrook and Hachimura or Avdiha those types of things, instead of getting into a lot of situations where they have to deal with Beal in single coverage if he's getting to attack from the weak side or something like that. So that that was good. The Raptors, I thought, played good disciplined defense for the most part in relation to him. Hachimura, as I said, still had it going in the first quarter. The Wizards, it's fun to say because towards the end of the first quarter and the start of the second quarter, Robin Lopez was the sole contributor to their offense. I think he had an 8-0 scoring run. He had 13 points in this one. And the Wizards, they went to him when he was on the floor. And he only played 18 minutes. He played 12 straight between the the end of the first quarter and the, the second quarter, which was fun. But they obviously realized the Raptors, they were allowing Robin Lopez to be the guy who scores the baskets. The Raptors were going back the other way, beating them in transition, hitting three-pointers against a defense that was not entirely mobile. I I thought the the Wizards looked much better with Len on the floor. Honestly, he was a plus two. He might have been the only player who was a plus the whole game. But Lopez, a minus nine, despite very efficient scoring. The Raptors, they were fine with that, though. If you want the dump in to Robin Lopez to be your source of offense, then by all means, take it back to 1978 and see if you can beat this Raptors team. It wasn't working for the Wizards and the Raptors. They kept it moving. They did their thing. Bench guys early Boucher he he was good in this game. He provided a legitimate role threat. He hit a floater on the short roll. He activated the trebuchet a couple times from downtown and for the most part kept the Wizards defense honest. And you know honestly the Wizards defense is always honest. There's no deception there. You are you're going to have a look at the rim. You're going to have opportunities. Norman Powell and Pascal Siakam understood that early and often, save for the third quarter. There's a little bit of a lapse there, but Siakam getting to the spots that he liked, hitting threes in this one. He was three or four from downtown. Maybe, honestly, the biggest development of the past couple games is that his jump shot does appear to be coming around. With the other progressions he's made in his game, that would be really big news because, you know, as I talked about on the weekly podcast with Joe Wolfond, there's a lot of things going for him currently and while the handle isn't all the way back the touch is resurfacing the shooting appears to be trending in the right direction and the rebounding the defense the post ups the passing especially it all looks better than ever so his scoring isn't at the same clip as it was at the you know the peak of his career so far but there's a bunch of ancillary skills that are piecing together in his game that should develop into, at the end of it all, a much more complete and better player. First option on a title team, who knows, right? Probably not. That's really tough to do, to develop into, to draft, to trade for, whatever. It's not common. But Pascal is trending in the right direction, for sure. And he, he was good in this one. In the first half, they gave Terrence Davis a lot of leeway, even when he was sharing the floor with Kyle Lowry. He had a lot of possessions. One turnover, one that was nearly a turnover. It was kind of everywhere, but the shot making was there, right? That's always been the big thing in his game is he's going to make shots, especially jump shots that he hasn't provided a ton of rim pressure this year, especially if you're considering in the half court, basically nothing in transition on occasion. But the jump shooting in this game, the 13 points, basically that's where he did his damage from step backs, dribble, you know, dribble pull-ups, all that kind of stuff. And he had, a, I guess, a good shot-making run in the the second quarter. But I thought, personally, his on-ball stuff, a big no from me. I still don't like any of the decision-making. Still don't like the defense. So if you are going to play him, don't play him on ball. I, I think that should be evident. Yuta and OG both out for this game. Bembry, once again, getting big minutes. He, he eclipsed 20 minutes. I think he had almost 24 in this one. 10 points, three rebounds, three assists, two three-pointers made, four or five from the field, one turnover, good defense, very impressive defense as per usual, and showed the ability to playmake while headed downhill. And that's the thing, right? Uh, Terrence Davis blew a layup that Bembry made an extremely advanced no-look pass to him under the basket, Bembry also had a really nice drop-off to Boucher for a dunk. And just the ability to, the Raptors recognize it now, is in these games, you see Bembry is getting the ball on the move, dribble handoffs, pitch plays, stuff like that, coming off a pin down on occasion. And he has a tight handle. He's a very good athlete. And he has good vision. Let him make decisions on the move. It stresses defenses out. They have to react. This game, very good return on those actions. Very good return on those plays. Stanley had some minutes. Not very impactful. That's okay. Ben Bree really seems to be the guy who's carved out his position as the next wing guy after OG. That's fine. I think that's what it should have been at the start of the year. That's what I expected. I, I'd be happy with any Yuda minutes whenever because I love Utah. I think he is a plus player when he's surrounded by other plus players. And I know that sounds like oh, he's just getting to play with good players. But I think he's a complimentary player, and not everybody can be. It's it's tough to do sometimes. So Yuta, he can sneak in occasionally, but another excellent game for Bembry. He's strung together quite a few of them at this point, and I'm I'm happy to see that he's the clear guy. And the Raptors, they, they score 74 in the first half. They're up 13. Siakam hit a three, and then Hachimura hit a three, and he was up 13. The Raptors looked really good. They're getting basically whatever they want on offense. There's not too many breakdowns defensively. Yes, a ball will squirt out on a drive and kick. The Wizards will find their way to a triple. Some turnovers, some transition looks, yes. And, and you know, the Wizards, they, they'll manufacture some points. That's what they're going to do. But in a game where the pace was high like this one, you know, the Raptors finish almost scoring 140 points. 61 points for the opposition in the first half is nothing to worry about, honestly. Do you wish the Raptors held every opponent to like 46 points in a half? I mean, hell yeah, of course. But 61 when you're scoring 74, definitely a good return as far as that goes. The third quarter, I think, belonged exclusively to Kyle Lowry and his ability to sense what's happening in the game and respond, whether it's shot making or playmaking downhill, getting Chris Boucher involved, all that kind of stuff, lifting up bench units, this was his quarter because Siakam took his foot off the gas. It looked as though he did, right? And couched in with all that fantastic Lowry. Decision-making was, you know, one of the best dunks of Boucher's career. They had a nice little pick-and-roll action with Bembry. I think they had Robin Lopez and Bradley Beal in the pick-and-roll. Beal, he just he was really lazy coming over the screen. Bembry with a slick little pocket pass after Lopez hedged up high. Boucher went right to the rim, dunked all over Denny Avdiah and the Raptors, even though the Wizards had a late run in that third quarter, largely uh, done by the, you know, the elastic and impressive, at times, Russell Westbrook, the the Raptors, I thought, did a pretty good job of manufacturing offense without some of their big guys. And of course, Kyle Lowry might be the biggest guy when he's going, of course, but you you like to see that there's two-man actions that Bembry and Boucher can create baskets. You like to see that kind of stuff because the Raptors, every team needs guys who can do that. The Pacers, for example, Aaron Holiday can run a two-man action with Miles Turner, or Justin Holiday can run a two-man action with Doug McDermott. They can start mixing that stuff up. And the Raptors, they need to develop their guys so they get comfortable in these looks. A pairing of Boucher and Bembry that feels comfortable going into, you know, secondary actions, second side action, that is literally all you could ask for from those guys is to be good in those situations. So yes, the Wizards start to make a little bit of a climb that goes into the fourth quarter. The Raptors, I thought, it always felt safe with this team. The, the games earlier in the year where the Raptors, I think they're at six or seven right now, where they had double-digit leads and ended up losing that that was obviously terrible, and it was not fun to watch for analysts or fans alike because it seemed like a lead wasn't meaningful for your team, whether you cover them or cheer for them, or it's a mix of both. And the Raptors, in this one, you felt like they had it under wraps. And even though Russell Westbrook went on a tear, brings it back within five, he gets a layup in transition, he hits a triple, it's very nice to have a Kyle Lowry come back down And can a triple to respond. Of course, Russ came down the other end and hit a three because he is volatile and exciting and so much fun. But then he got into this type of gameplay where he was just foul hunting on three-point shots and none of it went correctly after he hit that three to respond to Lowry's. It just, it did not go down well. And then it felt like Pascal and Powell finished off the game for the Raptors. They found holes, they got to the bucket, they hit their shots, hit their free throws, And the Wizards don't have anybody who can guard Pascal straight up, and they certainly don't have anybody or the team help defense to contain Norman Powell if Powell is this sharp and this able to hunt those opportunities. Like, he's he's a sliver, and he's punching right through it. The man is punching gaps. The man is punching gaps, let me tell you. Furiously, like Rocky Balboa, not the gaps part, just thrown punches. Against gaps. Okay, let's move on. But yeah, Powell was great. Three-point shooting is there. Super, super smart in recognizing where he can attack, when he should pass out and let somebody else try. And the Raptors, the quality of the team showed through. They ended up pulling away after it came close right there. The guys who are supposed to score did. They locked down. Beal was under wraps for the most part. 24 points for a guy who averages nearly 35. And on 42% shooting... You'll love to see it. Big game from the Raptors. Very happy with the the performance in this one. I should also mention Baines, honestly, because Baines, there was some nice, you know, small things. It's just the little handoffs or bounce passes to back cutters. And there was a little bit of utility in using him as a playmaker and using him as an off-ball screen setter to kind of un- shackle some actions that the Raptors might have been having some trouble getting off the ground. So shout out to Baines for a little bit of utility. Still wasn't a huge game for him. There were opportunities at the rim that he continued to blow that I think most other players finish. The three-point shooting still, you know, it's not coming at all. And that was a feature of his game coming into the season. But there were some progressions that I think the Raptors can look and try to keep using until they shore up that position. Or if they're just going to ride with Baines till the end of the year, you have to make some of this stuff work. So a little bit of progression there, at the very least. The Reggie Evans Award, by the way. I know Chris Boucher is racking up a ton of these, but deservedly so, right? He's, he's like the most Reggie Evans of anybody. It's just hustle and rebounding. And 16 points, sorry, 17 points, 16 rebounds, Two blocks in this one. Endless hustle. He's racing Lopez or Len down the floor, beating them, getting back on the other end, just being very competitive on the offensive glass. You just, that's very nice to see. And to see him close out defensive possessions. Love it all. Well done, Chris. Reggie Evans Award. It's all yours, pal. Okay, so the top Cook reaction comment is from CJT. Quote, That is what a culture of losing looks like. Beal, Westbrook, not giving a crap about getting frosted like a gluten-slash-dairy-free cake, end quote. Yeah, that is one of the most interesting things as far as team building goes in the NBA is, you know, what are you doing as far as if you're a treadmill team? Do you have top-tier talent on the roster? Do you attempt to get better talent through the draft while remaining a little bit less competitive And hope that your guys develop culture regardless? Or do you try and build through the middle or the back end of the draft? And, you know, definitively, you are not expecting to get top end talent easily. And that's all, it is not an easy thing to do. And a credit to the Raptors for finding guys like Siakam and, uh, you know, OG at the back end of the first round. And then obviously a guy like Fred Van Vliet in, in free agency is for like undrafted free agency and trading for Kyle Lowry, who the Raptors front office, when they traded for him said, this is a top 10 point guard, just sleeping in front of everybody. And nobody knows. And they went out and got him. And then Kawhi, when he had, you know, the curmudgeonly reputation and he was the troublemaker in San Antonio and then a champion in Toronto. And so you have to be so opportunistic if you're not a huge market that attracts incredible free agents. Like, the Lakers didn't do anything to deserve a championship. They just got LeBron James because they're in LA and they're the Lakers. Like, good for you, but that didn't take any special type of team building. Like, there's there's not a bunch of extremely impressive moves that were made. And yeah, the, the Wizards are in a tough spot. Do they give up? Because they, they have Westbrook and they have Beal and they have some young guys, but some of them aren't turning out the way they'd hoped so far. And yeah, it's... A culture of losing is is tough to get over. And, you know, the Raptors luckily just sped through that very quickly and then became one of the most winningest teams in the NBA over the past, what, eight years or so? And now they appear, the, the culture appears to be shining through for the Raptors. No longer a losing culture, just a really terrible start to the season. And they're they're playing better basketball. So CJT... Thanks for the comment. Listener, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.